There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hello, my spooky spirits. Welcome back to another episode of Psychic Scoop. It is a delight to have you here. Always a pleasure to share the spiritual space with you. I am Steffi, aka Spirit Sis. I'm your host. And today we're going to continue the spooky theme. And right in time for Halloween, I'm going to tell you some ghost stories. I'm also going to share a ghost story that one of the listeners shared with me. So it's going to be a very fun episode. Before I dive in, I wanted to update you on what's going on in my personal life. I did post on Instagram a few days ago. I was actually in the hospital earlier this week. A lot of you sent very loving wishes and healing vibes, which I so appreciated. And a lot of you asked if I was going to update you on what's going on. And I don't have a whole lot of forward movement, but I'll just tell you what happened. And if you're not interested, just feel free to skip forward to the to the good part. But I do believe there is a lesson for the collective in this pain that I'm going through. And I'm sure we can all relate to it in some way. And I'm doing this episode literally from bed rest. <laughs> so if you're feeling low energy vibes, that is why. But anyway, what happened was earlier this week on Monday, I woke up with severe abdominal cramping and excruciating pain. And then it kind of went away and then it kept coming back. And then on Tuesday, I woke up and I was still in pain but I kept on telling myself, you know what, like, I'm just going to drink some water, maybe it's food poisoning, but I couldn't walk. So <laughs> my boyfriend was like, hey, I think you need to go to the hospital. But I was thinking it was maybe an ovarian cyst because I do have history and have been hospitalized in the past for that. So of course, I went along and went to all of my client sessions that day. <laughs> and then around 430 I mean, I was just in so much pain. And I looked down at my stomach and I looked about six or seven months pregnant. That's how swollen I was. And that's when I called my boyfriend and said, hey, you need to take me to the ER. So, you know, they did an ultrasound. And keep in mind, I was just in like very, very intense pain. Also keep in mind, this was the night, the eve before the Aries full moon. So hospitals on the full moon are very interesting. There was a lot of different characters. Thankfully, I told my spirit guides to make it pretty peaceful because being an empath in a hospital is kind of difficult. I was like looking at everyone's auras and like making sure everyone was okay. But thankfully, they put me in a back room. <laughs> so anyway, they found nothing on the ultrasound. And at this point, I was in so much pain. I was sobbing. They put morphine in my IV and the doctors didn't really know what was going on. So they ended up doing a CAT scan on my lower abdomen and they found a severe infection in my lower GI tract and even parts of my colon. So without giving too much detail, if this would have gone on or I didn't listen to my intuition or let my logical brain talk me out of it like I did for Monday and Tuesday, I would have probably been in sepsis and it potentially could have been fatal. So always a lesson to listen to your intuition. I mean, I preach that all day long <laughs> to my clients. 
And for whatever reason, when it happens to you, you're just so numb to what's really happening. And of course, as an astrologer, I looked at the transit of the full moon and the full moon was in 27 degrees Aries. My natal moon is in 27 degrees Aries. So the full moon was conjunct my natal moon by the exact degree. So this illuminated a lot of Aryan type themes. So talk about low vibration of Aries. It's aggression and being bullheaded and, and not listening to what other people want to do. And the high vibration of Aries is being a leader, being strong, having this fierce warrior strength within you to get through anything. So this has really tested a lot of my strength and bravery versus my ego. Because not only is this just happening now, this is going to be a journey for the next couple of months because the doctor said it's very possible I have to go back to the ER or get emergency surgery if the inflammation doesn't go down. And my red blood cells were super low and I had a lot of uh, interesting things in my blood work to indicate that I was in severe infection. So Anyway, I am doing okay. I appreciate the love. I am going to continue to take it easy. I'm going to be in bed for probably a couple of weeks. I'm only drinking liquids. As you know, I'm a man gen, so it's impossible to not think or eat food. That has been an impossible test so far on my uh, my mental and physical health. But I think I was in beautiful medical care. I'm very thankful and grateful to everyone. And also my Aries moon is in the 11th house of community and I could feel the love from everybody. I have the best friends in the entire world and they stepped in massively for me this week. You know, I don't really have that close of a connection with my family. I don't talk to my family. So it just showed me who was really my true family and who's there for me during this time because it was just so incredibly scary. And it just also sucks a little bit because it's spooky season. But I mean, I can't even imagine having a debilitating disease or even COVID or long, long haul COVID or anything. I know there's a lot of uh, people that are suffering greater than I am. So I just want to hold space for everybody that's suffering some kind of illness right now because it definitely puts life into perspective. So, okay, let's move on to the ghosty story. <laughs> I have a few and I, I mean, I have so many because, <laughs> you know, I, you guys have been seeing ghosts my entire life, literally. So I wanted to just tell you when I started to develop my my psychic powers, I wanted to share that ghost story because it's a pretty epic one. I also want to say a few trigger warnings. There will be mention of suicide and it's just some of these events are a little uh tragic. So I just wanted to uh, disclose that before I go into the story. So let's go back in time to my childhood. I grew up in a suburb of Detroit in the 80s and the early 90s. I live next to a house that my parents always told me was forbidden. I couldn't go over there. I couldn't knock on the door. I couldn't even go in their backyard. I mean, it was it was very similar to the sandlot. Like, you know, when a softball or the ball went over the fence, like it was just gone. Like, okay, tough luck. You're getting a new one. And my parents were like very protective over me having any contact with our neighbor next door. And to paint the scene, because this was like the early 90s, the home was dark brown brick 
and had black shutters, black windows, and a black roof. So on my street, it was really the only house that just had this very dark vibe to it. And the grass was in no way cut or groomed or anything. There was just dead everything on the lawn. And their backyard was the same. It was a rickety old fence, just dying leaves and trees. It looked so spooky. But you know, when parents tell you not to do something, you're inclined to do the opposite. Well, that's exactly what I did when I took my wagon over one day. I want to say I was maybe like five or six years old, took my wagon over and went went on her driveway because she had a very good hill. And I just went down like repeatedly. And then my mom caught me, I got in a lot of trouble. And then one thing happened one day that I will never forget. My brother and I were playing in the backyard and we heard these moans coming from the side of her house. We went up to the window and she was screaming for help and she was in her bathtub and she couldn't get out and she screamed for me to go get my parents and then my mom got involved. We called 911 and we found out later that while she was in the bathtub and all the police came that it was an attempted suicide. Later that night, my mom and dad put me and my brother, you know, they sat us down and said, please like never, ever, ever go over there again. So that was that. And, you know, we really never had communication with her at all. And we would oftentimes see maybe 15 to 20 pizza boxes outside of her uh, her home and or other packages and mail that would just sit there. And that went on for as long as I can remember. And then when I was 12 or 13, we heard word that she had passed and her house went up for sale on the market. And At the same exact time, we were actually renovating our house. So we ended up moving out for about a year and a half, moved to a different little apartment in the city, and we bulldozed our house down. Her house was eventually bulldozed and renovations and brand new structures were built on both of the lots. Cut to, I am 14 years old. I am living in my new home, in my new room, and I never, ever felt safe. I always felt like I was being watched. In the middle of the night, I always heard very interesting things. Sometimes I'd hear screaming. Sometimes I would hear just noise, like ambient noise, where it sounded like things were shuffling around at the other edge of my room, but it got worse and worse. So one night in particular, you know, it was around the same 3 a.m. time I started to hear music and it was very light, almost just instrumental, very almost like Beethoven or Mozart music playing, classical music playing. I just thought that was so bizarre. And I got up from my bed. I went to my CD player because that's what we had in the 90s, (laughs) early 2000s. Went to my CD player, went to my Walkman. I was trying to like see if my CD was left on because that would happen sometimes and nothing. So I ended up going back to bed. And, you know, the next day I asked my, my family if they heard anything and they said no. So then the next night, of course, like clockwork at 3 a.m., I hear the music again. And this time, it is louder. And it feels like there's a party going on down the street. That's how loud it is. But I go outside my room, walk downstairs, like literally walk outside and there's no music at all. The closer and closer I got to my bedroom, the music got louder and it was so creepy. And then the third night the music came 
And finally, I got out of my bed and I was I just started talking out loud. Where are you coming from? Where is this music coming from? Like at this point, I thought I was going to be committed to a mental institution. And the second I started talking, the music stopped completely, completely. And at this moment of time too, I've gotten a few of my friends involved. Like they're kind of wondering what's happening. So I'm texting my friends, trying to figure out like what's happening, but nothing really came of it. Cut to about a week later, and this is a long story, (laughs) y'all. I go into my bedroom and it was a Thursday or Friday night. I remember I was out bowling with my friends. They were kind of asking me about the music and one person said, I think you have a ghost in your house. And up until then, I didn't never thought it was a ghost ever. I just thought it was something weird happening that my logical brain was making up. My CD was on, a TV down the street was playing music. Maybe someone was playing the piano, a neighbor of mine or something. So I never really knew what was going on. But I woke up in the middle of the night and I sat up in my bed and it felt like there was a wind, a breeze in my room. My blankets and my covers and my pillows were all whistling like they have been ru- were being ruffled. I think the temperature of the room dropped down. It felt like it was 30 or 40 degrees. That's maybe an exaggeration, but it felt so cold. Like I felt like I could see my breath. It was just so debilitating and I started to have a full-blown panic attack. So I go to my little like Nokia phone or whatever phone I had at the time that was plugged into the charger to text some of my friends and the phone is completely dead. And so a lot of these things I'm mentioning, by the way, are what ghosts or lower frequencies use to communicate. They use temperature in the room and they use power sources. So a lot of common ghost stories, a lot of people say that they either felt very, very cold or icy or like lights went off or flickered and things like that. So that's actually pretty common when an apparition wants to appear. They take the frequency or the energy of electricity to, uh, you know, make themselves known. So at this point in time, I started freaking out, freaking out. So I go under my covers, I start screaming, you know, mom, dad, like Mike, my brother, I'm just screaming for anybody to listen, like anybody at all. So then I turn to my side and I get into my fetal position and all of a sudden I feel bony fingers running up the tail of my spine. And then it feels like someone is poking at my feet. So I come up from the covers because at this point in time, I'm about to just run out of my room and go into my parents' room. And that's when I see her. It was an apparition and she was hovering on top of my bed. So I looked at her. She was wearing, it was very classic. She was wearing a long nightgown. She had dark-ish hair, short hair, and her face was very old. And she was looking at me confused and kind of scary. So I screamed, I went under the covers again. I screamed as loud as I can, bloody murder. And then I go up on the covers just to run out. Then I see her at the edge of my bed, standing between me and the door to leave. So at this point in time, I start calling Jesus I mean, everything I could do to try to get help because no one was listening. My phone was dead. I didn't know what to do at this point. And I ended up crying myself to sleep because I was shivering and shaking and convulsing. I got so exhausted. What was crazy was when I saw her after the door, it's like 
everything went completely still and quiet in my room, completely. So I wake up the next morning, I run into my parents' room, and I'm like, what the F? Like, why weren't you guys listening? Like, where were you? Anything? And they're like, we didn't hear you at all. And it turned out, I think since it was, it said it was a Thursday or Friday night. I think it was actually a Friday night because my brother had two people over to spend the night and they were all playing video games till like three, four in the morning. None of them heard my screams. No one in the whole house did. And uh, my mom kind of was asking me, you know, like, do you think it was grandma? Do you think it was anyone we know? And my dad just kind of had this white wash come over him. And he looks up at me and very slowly says, I know who it was because I've seen her too. So then I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) Right? My dad explains to me that he thinks it was the woman who was deceased next door. So he said when she passed and her house was up on the market, that he was thinking about potentially buying her lot and flipping the house. So when he went in to investigate her property, he said it was the scariest thing he'd ever seen because she never left her house. She was a hermit and she had hoarded a bunch of things in her house. He said that he walked into the kitchen and there was thousands of pizza boxes, a lot of flies and mold, like half of them were eaten, half of them were not. He said there was feces on the wall. He said that when he went into the bathroom where she had committed suicide, which we didn't know how she died, but we found out later that she had taken her own life. When he went into the bathtub, he said he felt like he was getting strangled or choked, like he couldn't breathe. And then he went into her room, opened the closet, and he said there was one single nightgown hanging in the closet. And he said he looked at it and all of a sudden he said a face came out and the nightgown jumped out at him. He then admitted that he was the one that got the bulldozer to come and take down the house that very next day. So I think he kind of pissed her off. But as the nights went on, I didn't see her again, which I thought was very odd. It got to the point where I didn't even feel her watching me. I started to be very intrigued about why she came to me. Why was she talking to me through music for the first couple of weeks? And this is when I think my psychic abilities started to really solidify because I was getting messages all the time, even just not from seeing her. I was getting little hints of who I needed to ask on the street or hints about her life, things like that. And I ended up talking to my uncle Dwayne, who at one point had, I think, gone over to assist her. He had told me that she had lost her husband and her son in a very tragic accident. And she was always a hermit and she was very depressed. But in her earlier days, that she used to be a classical pianist. That is when I knew I wasn't crazy. The music that I was hearing was classical piano music that she used to play. So I believe now that she was really trying to communicate with me instead of scaring me. But because I was 14 years old and because it was just a scary experience, now when I see ghosts, I help them either move along or I just kind of offset their energy. I actually don't see ghosts nearly as much as I used to just because I actually do try to vibrate on a higher frequency and a lot of ghosts can't really penetrate when you are focused on only communicating with ascended beings because now I really only communicate with those who have crossed over. But throughout the course of the next three months, I'd say I got frequent dreams of a little boy coming to visit me 
eventually I ended up, I think, talking to one of my teachers about it. And he said, why don't you ask the little boy what he wants? And a lot of my friends, again, all of them were very skeptical, but also encouraging. I think because regardless of if they thought it was true or not, it was a good ass story, right? (laughs) So this little boy kept coming to me and coming to me and coming to me. And then finally, he said, that's my mom. And so he then told me where he was buried. He told me how to get to the grave site. So I ended up going with some friends to the grave site to find his grave. I found the grave and I still didn't really believe it. Even when this was all happening, I was getting psychic messages left, right and center. I mean, he literally told me where his grave was. How would I have known that without his help? But he basically said, can you please help my mom cross? I eventually tried to talk to her and summon her back to my room, but I was never able to see her again. But I did feel her presence a few times. I think that she knew that I was trying to help. Whereas I think with my dad, she genuinely did not like his energy. I lit a bunch of candles. I talked to her. I told her about her son. I mentioned her son's name. I mentioned the music and I said, go towards the music and go towards the light. And I eventually did, I believe, successfully cross her over because I never felt any energy. And the second after I crossed her over, the house next door was sold, I think within that week. So anyway, that is my very, very first story, but there was many other occurrences that happened in that house because once I opened the ghost door, I was basically a highway for all ghosts. (laughs) Not really great, but also very good learning curve on my gifts and how I cultivated them into now being a psychic medium that only connects with uh, ascended beings. However, I have so many more of where that came from. I'm sure I'll do many other ghost part one, two, three, and four of the stories. But that was my very first, I guess, encounter with a ghost that I had successfully crossed over. Now I want to read a listener ghost story, and I have not read this yet, so I'm going to read it in real time. And this story comes from lovely client and intuition student and lovely listener, Analia. Thanks, girl, for submitting. I so appreciate you. Okay, so let's dive in. So she said, the house I grew up in has always been haunted, but we think it is on some sort of ley line or portal because it's never been haunted by just one ghost. We are a freaking train station for spectral activity. As a little girl, I would keep myself awake in the bathroom because I was afraid and kept hearing and seeing all sorts of stuff. Some of it was fun or funny, like hearing an entire party from the 20s or a little ghost that can literally keep knocking stuff off the shelves in the middle of the night. And here's the thing, my dad and grandpa built the house in the late 70s, and we are the only ones who've ever lived in it. There's no murder or death on the land. The area was very undeveloped when my dad and grandpa decided to build the house. We have some strong protection guarding us, though, because very few times it's ever been malicious, and I could never watch scary movies like Paranormal Activity, because as I grew up, our ghostly friends were way more amusing and scary, and I did not want to become paranoid. One day I came home from work and it was around 2 a.m. and I needed to wind down. I went to watch Parks and Rec and all of a sudden I feel this red human-sized spectral being pass right in front of me. I sighed and said, I'm sorry, not tonight. 
10 minutes later, the alarm system to my house started blaring as if there was an intruder. My instinct was to jump off and I ran to turn it off. But as I typed in the code over and over again to turn it off, the alarm kept blaring. My dad woke up and tried, but to no avail as well. He said to go in the kitchen and wait for the alarm company to call, which they always do when the alarm goes off. I should also preface this by saying that my house is set up a little weird. It snakes in a way that we have an alarm system in front of our house and at the end, both connected wirelessly. So when I went through the room into our kitchen, it was quiet. The alarm had only gone off on one end of the house. I waited and waited for the alarm company to call and they never did. I called them and asked why they hadn't called yet and they said their system didn't show our alarm going off at all. My dad took the phone and started to talk to them. I was so tired, I ran back into the room where the alarm was going off and started to shout, you need to cut it out. I am way too tired for this. You are not welcome here. This is ridiculous. (laughs) And not even 10 seconds later, the alarm stopped going off. My dad walks in and says, I don't know what just happened. They're sending someone in the morning. The next day, the alarm guy came and said, listen, I don't really think I'm going to find anything. It's really rare for an alarm to go off that we don't see on our end. And I was just here two weeks ago for a routine check of the systems. I just nodded and showed him where the alarm went off. He opened it up and fell silent for a moment before muttering, that's impossible. He looked at me and said, the little wire inside of the box that you need a key to access has been pulled out of the plug. It's what connects your system to ours. But I specifically checked this piece every single time. Whoa. Also, this system is high on the wall and not connected to the inside of the wall. So there's no chance any critters or anything could have gotten inside to pull the wire. It's also a relatively small thing in the system. I just laughed and thanked him for fixing the problem. I was too tired to explain that that ghost got annoyed and threw a temper tantrum when I didn't want to pay any attention to it. (laughs) Not once was I frightened, just annoyed and amused. The ghosts have been pretty helpful too. <laughs> Another quick favorite of mine is when my mom asked my dad if we had, he had a fishing line for her art project. My dad said he thought he might possibly have some in the garage. He opened the garage and the fishing line was gently tossed out from the darkness and rolled onto his feet. He could barely speak for the rest of the day. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Analia. That was such a fun story. Well, everybody, it is spooky season. Please share your ghost stories with your friends and family. Have sacred circle. Remember that this is the only night where you can walk in between the dead and the living and have respect for your witches, your goblins, your ghouls, and anything that is undead. I'm sending you so much freaking love. I appreciate if you've supported me along the way in this journey. And I would so, so, so be grateful if you left a review But in the meantime, you can find me online, spiritsis.com, or on Instagram at spirit underscore sis. Happy freaking Halloween. Love you guys.